Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It is time now for the bigger picture. Uh, looking ahead to the week, uh, we are paying attention to oil prices this Monday morning. Yeah, that's because we have Chinese markets reopening, of course, against the backdrop of the economy reopening as well. So after a long break, they are back online, but a lot for investors to chew on. So far, oil markets are pushing higher. Also, to look out for later in the week, the various policy decisions from the FOMC, the European Central Bank, as well as the Bank of England. And on top of that, a bunch of earnings, including the likes of the tech giants, Amazon, Apple, and Alphabet. So lots to steer markets. Let's unpack it with Stephen Innes. He is the managing partner for SPI Asset Management. Morning, Stephen. Good morning, Ryan. How are you today? I'm great, Steve. Um, Hope you are also doing well. Let's get your take on how this week is setting up in terms of market direction. So quite a few market risk events. We've got earnings, we've got central banks and also China. What should you expect in terms of investor behavior? Should they be expected to be reducing exposure, especially as we come to the end of the month, plus how much stocks have risen in the past few weeks? What are we looking out for this week? Typically, yes, that's what one would expect against uh, the backdrop of a significant market risk event like the FOMC. Markets are very, very much positioning uh, for that step down in interest rates from 50 basis points to 25 basis points. If we look at the market pricing, it very reflects the probability of a number of different outcomes here, but they're all pointing towards a forward curve inverting in the U.S. In other words, a lot of people are expecting rate cuts this year. Now, this could be an area where we could see some pushback from the feds. They may not be too upset about the inversion in the, in the curve simply because they are reducing interest rates, but they might get uncomfortable by the nearness and the extent of the inversion because the market's starting to price in rate mm. cuts in 2023. So I think this is where the balance of risk is going to settle. And this is what's in my mind here, when I'm looking at U.S. assets, holding me back a little bit from chasing this rally higher uh, until we clear the Fed hurdle. Yeah, you pointed out how we might be due for rate cuts this year. Have you seen enough for it to come in the first half of this year or are we looking at the later half of this year? Well, you know, the data is actually quite strong. You know, um, part of the thesis about dropping uh, the Fed cutting interest rates is really uh, getting driven by the weak survey data. So in other words, we look at the manufacturing sector and some of this uh, survey expectation data is quite weak, but there's a lot of thought here that this is a, there's a systemic bias because we've been talking about recession for the past 18 months that it's just leaching into the surveys because these are, you know, surveys done by individuals. They're, 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 they're not a technical analysis. It's just somebody filling in a bunch of boxes. So they could be overly influenced by, mm. you know, the Wall Street, for instance, is constantly been, been harping on about recession. So we're letting those go a bit, a little bit because the hard economic data, you know, job reports, GDP, for instance, last week, all this came in quite solid. So we have to really be careful how we overinterpret those rate cuts leaching into the markets in uh, 2023. Yeah, Steve, talking about how things have been happening on for quite some time. Uh, we've been talking about the China reopening story for quite some time. And we've seen how markets have been also been rising in tandem. The MSCI Asia X Japan Index, for instance, is at a nine-month high. And you've got 
Chinese markets reopening today. How much more upside do you expect in the China story? That's a good question because I've, I've broken this down into two different areas. One is the reopening trade. And I think the reopening trade gets a little bit of a boost today because we're you know, feeding off the tourism and travel data that pointed to a relatively solid recovery. Although I think you've got to look at that over a longer weighted average as opposed to just saying, well, we had one good week. We have to see whether that follows through. So that gets to my second point, which is the growth trade. And I think this is where we're going to see a pivot away from the H shares into the A shares. Now, we're looking at the strength of the economic recovery through other sectors. And, and I, you know, for me, looking at the data, I think it's really too early to tell. Traffic congestion, subway ridership data was mixed. New home sales are still showing double-digit contractions. These are areas of the economy that we're looking to pick up. These aren't picking up yet. And so I don't think the growth trade kicks in right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of that speculative reopening trade continues on. But I think the more we go without conviction from the growth, sector. I think the markets are, or this rally could run out of steam. And that's one of the things that I'm worried about once we have these colossal rallies. Yeah, of course, the property sector is a huge one for China. Is that something you're looking forward to before you go into China with more conviction? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, policy measures directed uh, towards uh, new home sales. You're looking at people's wealth, they, they have a lot of money saved up. Are they going to really re-engage that money into the property? I think they're quite jaded right now because they've been, you know, pretty much beaten up. Lost a lot of wealth. Uh, people that own properties have lost a lot of wealth in China. So it's something that we have to keep an eye on. I don't have a great crystal ball in it, but this is one of these markets that the broader market. Uh, not just the China market, but broader risk markets are going to keep focused on because a lot of is riding right now, especially in Europe. We look how well European stocks are doing on this Chinese recovery. So we have to really be cognizant. Just not one sector. Hey, just not because planes are flying. This is a great thing. We have to look at the underbelly where the growth sector starts carrying the baton from a speculative bullish reopening trade. And this is where I think uh, things will get a little bit dodgy. Yeah, that's where the consumer spending is going to be uh, key to the Chinese recovery picture as well. And looking at how earnings, the earnings season have been coming through for the U.S., it's actually leaving me, well, a lot of mixed messages to chew on. So I've got on one hand the tech sector talking about layoffs and then I'm looking at Tesla rising more than 30% so far this year. So what are we actually in for? (laughs) Are we looking at the worst being over for many of these companies? No. I I mean, I think that Tesla is an isolated case. You know, that sort of sums up last week for us, the the kind of recovery we had on the NASDAQ, which looks to be closing on double digits. I think, once again, the forward outlook was a lot better than a lot of people people fared for or felt for Tesla. So this really supported it. But if we're looking at um, a number of uh, other big tech companies, tech was particularly impacted by the challenge of circumstances of the pandemic. You know, last year, a couple of, for the last few years, we've witnessed a surge in demand for anything that could help people stay inside and at home and make their lives more comfortable generally when they've been in lockdown. And now we're seeing the drop off in activity, that type of activity is people go back outside, but not necessarily back to the office. And, you know, this is the problem. People aren't returning to the office, so big software systems aren't really getting consumed by companies because nobody's there to use them. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of stuff going on right now that we have to keep an eye on and, and how this thing evolves. You know, I, you know, looking at traditional interpretations uh, dealing with the oddities of a post-pandemic global economy, you know, we have to be really careful. I mean, it, it, the interplay 
you know, sticking with the big macro picture, the interplay between inflation, labor markets looks remarkably good at this stage in the U.S., but there's so much else evolving underneath the hood right now. It's very, very difficult to have a, you know, hey, let's go buy stocks or, hey, let's sell stocks. It's a very, very, very difficult market to interpret right now. Yeah, talking about interpretation. So when we do get the FMC rate decision on Thursday morning, and if we do get the uh, what do you expected slowdown in rate hikes, is that going to be good news for tech? Well, I, I think what is going to be better news is if the Fed sort of starts sowing the seeds that they are looking to move into the pause or even considering talking about cutting rates. You know, until we get that signal, I still think that um, a lot of the growth sectors could lag a little bit right now. Um, actually, I think the markets might have a bit of a hiccup, to be honest with you, if the Fed doesn't sort of make new lower ground towards what the market's pricing and look market's pricing and rate cuts if the if in 2023 by the middle of 2023 mm. if the fed doesn't agree with that i think we're gonna have a little bit of conflict there and especially if the fed continues to hold terminal uh, at five percent for the rest of the year that's going to be a bit of a problem because people aren't banking on that so there could be a correction in the overall landscape uh, if the fed doesn't at least open the door to willingness to have a rate pause in the next you know, by February. Yeah, we'll see how much the Fed rocks the boat come Thursday morning. I've uh, been chatting with Stephen yes. Innes. He's the managing partner for SBI Asset Management. Stephen, always great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Talk again. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.